Chapter 32 When a Chicken Scratches Herman and Klaus marched down the hallway, with Herman trying to gauge his former friend and figure out what he was thinking and feeling. But he was drawing a blank. It was as if Klaus had put up a wall, not just between them, but between himself and the whole world. I sure hope you won't hold what Marta just said against her, he remarked. I don't know what you mean, Klaus remarked back without any emotion. I didn't hear a thing. But she might want to be more careful about what she says in the future, because next time someone just may be listening. Herman nodded, and he stepped inside his office with Klaus, who closed the door and asked, How do you want to proceed today? Herman answered by asking his own question. Do you believe Colonel Reel's story from last night? There was certainly some truth in it, Klaus replied, but certainly not all of it was truth, or even most of it. For example, he had no reason for showing up there last night. If Kleiner had needed assistance, he could have sent him a whole division. Do you think he could be the killer? He would have had just as much trouble carrying those men as Lieutenant Meyer, Herman answered, if not more so. Besides, he had no mud on his uniform last night, and he's not quite tall enough to be the killer either. What's more, from the look on his face last night when we arrived, I'd say he was afraid, and not of us. Klaus made no reply to this, and the two sat beside the desk as Herman added, but he's involved in this somehow, even if it's just tangentially. He and Captain Kleiner almost certainly framed Meyer, and there must be a reason why. As Czechs like to say, Anikuja Zadarmo Neharabe. Not even a chicken scratches for nothing. This was a saying a veteran detective taught Herman on his first case, and something he applied on almost everyone that came after it the belief that no act, criminal or otherwise, is really random, that behind every one is a motive, and if you can uncover what this is, you'll likely uncover all sorts of things. So how do we find out why this particular chicken was scratching, questioned Klaus. Do you have access to the murdered men's personnel files, Herman questioned back. Klaus answered by rising to his feet and he left the room. When he returned a short time later, he tossed four folders onto the desk in front of Herman, who opened each side by side. Now what, Klaus said. We need to find a connection between them and Colonel Riedel, Herman said back. By the way, was Riedel at Colonel Mueller's party? He was, Klaus answered. He mentioned it to me when I first brought the subject up but he insisted that he didn't recall meeting Schiller or Fisher at the party or at any other time. He said that there were quite a few people at the party, and Mueller's guest list backs that up. Still, Herman went on, we know that he had the opportunity to meet and talk with both of them. Now what do these files tell us? Carefully, Klaus examined them, but after many minutes of this he shook his head and uttered, if there's a connection between them, I certainly don't see it. It's not in plain sight. 
If solving murders were as easy as looking in plain sight, Herman noted, there'd never be any unsolved ones. Let's start with the basic facts about these men and drill down from there. Klaus responded by emptying the contents of the files onto the desk and spreading them across the width of it, and he asked Herman, which facts do you want to start with? How about where they were from, Herman suggested. They, they were from all over the place, Klaus pointed out as he sifted through the material. Schiller was from Danzig, for instance. And Fischer, he was from Konigsberg. Gruber was from Essen, and Kleiner grew up not far from me in Tetchen. Had they served together before or trained with one another at any time, inquired Hermann. Quickly, Klaus scanned through the information, and he shook his head. Did they have any common skills or traits? Hermann inquired next. Again, Klaus looked through the files, and he mentioned, Like I told you before, they were all well-trained and capable soldiers apart from Kleiner. They also all had significant combat experience other than Kleiner, and all three were decorated for valor, too. Though nothing extraordinary, nothing like you. Ignoring Klaus's last remark, Herman asked, did they have any special skills? Captain Gruber had some interesting skills, Klaus replied, after spending a considerable amount of time gleaning facts from the information. He was an expert in Jewish studies. He even knew some Hebrew. Maybe he was the one who was looking at that Kabbalah book in the Spanish synagogue, conjectured Herman. Maybe he even brought it there, believing a golem was after him. One more thing, Klaus said after looking through the files again. Other than Kleiner, all the men have had some disciplinary problems. Nothing extraordinary, though. So, Herman exclaimed, other than Kleiner, they were all competent and brave, though not too brave. And they didn't exactly walk what your version of the Bible calls the straight and narrow. What exactly are you getting at, commented Klaus. Herman answered by making his own comment. If you were looking to recruit a group of men to commit a crime, these men would be suitable, Klaus told him. But what crime? That's for us to find out, Herman told him back. Can we search through the men's belongings? Just as importantly, may we? We both can and may, Klaus answered. But Schiller's wife has probably already left town. And my understanding is that Kleiner's mother is on her way to Prague right now to pick up his things. What's more, I hear that she makes her son look agreeable in comparison. He was the exception anyway, Herman remarked. That leaves Gruber and Fisher, Klaus remarked back. Herman nodded before collecting the two men's files. He further glanced at the clock on the wall and saw that it was approaching nine o'clock. But first, he declared, there's a certain lawyer we need to visit.